Greetings, and welcome to Content That Moves, the podcast for brand storytellers who want to create emotional connections with the content they create. We're on a mission to shine a light on the most compelling and effective brand storytelling, and we want to arm you with the insights to create something amazing for your brand. I'm your host, Jesse Raisler, and the podcast is created by Credo Nonfiction, a content studio that moves the needle by moving your audience. Visit credononfiction.com to learn more. Today's podcast is sponsored by Brand Storytelling, bringing you the latest news, trends, and insights in branded content with top-of-the-industry events and in-depth industry coverage online. Brand Storytelling encourages a higher level of collaboration amongst advertisers, agencies, media partners, and creators in pursuit of a richer media environment. For more of the latest in the world of branded content or to explore event offerings, visit brandstorytelling.tv today. My guest today is Suki Sani, who is a senior director and the consumer card PR leader at Capital One. She talks about why they decided to jump into long-form video content, how important it is to find the right partner, and why the brands that are doing this best are inherent risk takers. Welcome to the show, Suki. Um, we appreciate you being here. I'm actually proud to tell you I'm a Capital One customer myself with my auto loan, and the experience has been lovely. Well, thank uh, you for being a customer. We appreciate that, and uh, it's my privilege to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And now that I've actually seen some of the fantastic story-driven work you're doing, mm-hmm. I certainly will be a, a customer for the rest of my oh, days. Oh, I, so. I appreciate <laughs> that. You know, anyway, we can we can keep you a customer, uh, <laughs> and I hope storytelling is a way to do that as well. So thank Absolutely you. Absolutely, which is why we're all here uh, mm-hmm. at Sundance at Brand Storytelling. Um, there's also a Minnesota tie here, your partnership with Eater. There was a short film made about one of the culinary rock stars of our scene, The Sous Chef, which was a beautiful film. So I know you're doing all sorts of partnerships with a lot of publishers. Yes, yes, we are. So, you know, and, and that's such an interesting, so my, my team specifically didn't work on that one, but... Um, the way we really function around storytelling at Capital One is to be thoughtful about, you know, what's the story at the end of the day we want to share about Capital One. So, um, you know, as you know, I sit within the communications team at Capital One, but we work in hand-in-hand uh, hand with all of our partners, whether it's on the marketing side, our brand side as well, our sponsorships team, because everybody has one shared purpose, and that's really to tell a story about Capital One and really through the lens of our customers. What's the impact there? Um, are they actually leveraging the products and services that we have or not? Who is Capital One? What do we stand for? You know, what's the work that we're doing in our communities as well? So the the ethos is that everybody has a shared purpose. The means to get to that might be different, but I think that's what just sort of unites us. And, and our hope is that when somebody looks at Capital One, they look at one unified view uh, versus a broken down story that comes to them through different channels. Right. That's so interesting. And, and it, it's how these departments work together, I think, are a bit differently in every company. And we're talking to a lot of people on the brand side, or there's even roles that have, you know, uh, we're talking to a managing director of brand storytelling mm-hmm. later um, from Charles Schwab. And so there's, it's interesting how these things are, are, are siloed out. And it's great when they can all work together yes. to tell that unified story. Um, how, tell me a little bit about your personal background. Like, sure. how did you end up in this role? At sure. Um, I actually, uh, my personal background, I started as a journalist uh, way uh, back in yeah. India. So I've got a background in, as a journalist in broadcast. Okay. Um, and then I came to the U.S. to get a degree in journalism, but quickly realized um, due to a variety of reasons, I shifted gears to PR. So, yeah. um, you know, storytelling just something just comes naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a family, too, I still remember. You, you remember stories 
stories, whether it's with, you know, your aunts or your uncles or your parents as well, too. Yeah. Um, and I always used to love to write, but quickly realized you need more than just writing uh, uh -huh. to be to be good in PR as well, too. Um, and I started the early part of my career um, with Carnegie Endowment. So it was mostly around uh, really focused on global issues um, and then made the switch to telecom on the for-profit side and sort of never looked back because the opportunities that you get. And, you know, I was with a small company called Nextel. I don't know if you remember that, but they had a direct connect feature and I got to work with our first responders. And oh, wow. I think that's the first time that I knew that, you know, products have such a big role in people like our first responders who are out there saving lives on a daily basis. So that's where the humanity angle really tied back to storytelling. And, you know, since then, I've been at Capital One for about nine years right now. And um, in my role, I lead consumer PR for our credit card um, division. But again, as, as a communicator, my, my first um, approach is to both protect and promote the reputation of Capital One. And I think once you wear that lens, where you sit and what's the core part of your job really doesn't matter because you're always trying to tell that broader story as well. That's great. Um, and I loved it. I was reading something about sort of your approach in terms of your content sweet spot. And I remember there was a, vi a Venn diagram example. Do you mind talking about yeah, that? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, uh, we use something called uh, the PESO model, which is P-E-S-O. P stands for paid, earned, shared, and owned. Um, and traditionally, you will see PR really sitting on the earned side when you think about media relations, right. uh, press releases. Uh, one of my personal mantras is to share PR is so much more than a press release. Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't written one in uh, almost six years right now because there's so many new mediums to share that. Mm -hmm. But if you if you pull all of these four together in a diagram, at the epicenter in the center is content, right? So content is not something new. We've been producing content since the um, since humankind. You know, whether it's through conversations, whether it's in written form, whether journalists are putting stories together. And I think what the evolution has been is that with citizen journalists and consumers just getting really smart about what they're looking for, I think it's really forced brands to start thinking through, okay, let's take a step back. And it's not just about a one-way communication, it's about two-way. Right. Um, and that's why I always say storytelling content, I mean, these are terms that have become really buzzworthy right now, but it is something core to every marketeer who's out there. And everything that you do at the end of the day is content. It just comes to life in different platforms, whether it's audio, uh, whether it's through video, um, through the voice of your own executives, or, you know, with more recently with the Spurge, um, surge in um, influencer activation as well, too. But content is always the epicenter. So if you start from there, um, you know, that's the lens we take um, and then make sure it, nothing is a content campaign for us, right? So everything is driven about what's the story and what's the end goal, what's the insight, and then you sort of work together. Content just becomes a mean yeah. um, to get there versus a channel itself. Right, and you mentioned voice, and I think voice is such a big part of it, and maybe your background in journalism helps with this. I mean, I think, like you said, content has always been happening. It's right. just, I think the voice might be shifting more from the traditional sales and marketing mm -hmm. voice to one that's more editorial in style yeah. and feels yeah. more like journalism. Right? Yeah. And I think that that's where com communications is so complementary to everything that our marketing partners do is communications really tells a story and marketing has a really clear goal to sell a story, right? Sure. They, they want to drive you to an acquisition or whatever the end goal is. Um, and, and I think you'll hear a lot saying, well, you, you can't have one with the other. I think they all live together. It's just really focusing on, again, if you have one shared purpose, where does communications fit in? Where does direct acquisition fits in? Where's direct marketing? And then you start looking at the universe as a whole and then making sure at the end of the day, what's the message that's getting through mm -hmm. the customer as well too. Um, I think we or anybody would be at a loss if 
me as a customer, I'm getting 10 different messages right. from 10 different channels from one brand. And I think you failed yourself at that moment as well. Um, and not everybody has figured out. I think um, the beauty of what we do today is that you have the ability to test and learn and you try new things. Um, and at Capital One, for example, our culture is very much assimilated in data-driven insight. So everything that we do has to start with an insight, um, and that's the lens that you bring in. Um, and that way, you have an insight, you don't know if it's gonna work or not, and you take a test and learn approach, and we did that um, over the past few years, uh, most recently with our Purpose Project, uh, which is very close to my heart as well. Good, I'm glad you brought up Purpose Project, because I was really excited to, to chat about that. So that's a a partnership with Tastemade. Um, actually, do you want to just set up, like, what is what is that project? What was the genesis of it? Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, um, as I mentioned, uh, my role where I sit is to really talk about our credit cards, and we've got a variety of different cards. Um, one of them is actually focused on travel. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really wanted to take a step back and think through, what if we did something that's not tied to our products? What if we created a story that's, you know, anybody and everybody out there could associate with. So travel is something that's just personal to all of us, right? Whether it's traveling to a new country, um, exotic locations, you know, or just taking a step back in your own neighborhood to find that cafe that you've never been to. Uh, we also quickly realized that travel is something that unites a lot of people together as well. So learning from that insight, um, you know, we also then looked into a lot of data that we had around usage around of credit cards around travel as well too. We felt like that's a really cool topic to lean into. But I think here was the the golden rule that we set for ourselves. Um, We would celebrate every story of travel, not just when it's related to Capital One. And I think that was a big difference in really thinking about a program that was different. So our KPI was to really create a conversation um, and it wasn't tied to a product or service. And we sort of linked it back. And our hope was that People are surprised to see us um, in this space. Secondly, we were hoping they would wonder why a bank is talking about travel as well. Um, And hopefully, they would create that human connection with us that actually then brings them back eventually to come and look up and say, who is Capital One and what are they all about? So we took a very different approach from that as well. Um, Tastemade was one of our partners, um, so was the points guy. So we really looked at content and said, let's have two hubs, right? One was really about the written content and the points guy is somebody who's very well known in that space. I know him well, yeah. So you know Brian (laughs) and you know, Brian, um, more than being a points guy, Brian's life has been really, uh, not to speak for him, but he talks about travel very passionately. And I think we just wanted to find an authentic voice and a platform that could tell that story as well. He was also the closest tie that we wanted back to our own brand sure. um, and the products as well too, but in a way that se- you know tells a story and not selling that directly to our consumers. Um, and then Tastemade, uh, we actually um, did uh, the first of its kind partnership with them. Um, you know, we, we call this internally, we made three bets uh, from a KPI perspective, and one of them was to test long-form content yeah. um, and determine if Tastemade was the right platform for that. Um, they make beautiful content, yeah, um, as you know, and uh, we just wanted to see if long-form content could be something that, um, you know, our audience could engage with as well, too. So so that's the genesis of it, but we took a peso approach, so it wasn't like one element or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, this program was led, um, you know, by a communications team, so storytelling was always at the core of what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just had our partners, um, you know, part of the process as well, too, and I think that was a big difference was, it wasn't really towards getting people to drive acquisitions. It was cr- to create much more of a broad awareness as well. Mm. And so for people that haven't seen it, and we'll provide a link to it, mm-hmm. um, this is like a, essentially a streaming television series. Can you yes. talk a little bit about a, like, what was the, why would the decision to do an mm-hmm. actual like film series or streaming TV series and then like 
once that was out there, like what sort of impact? Yeah, you, to see? you know, it wasn't it wasn't a genius idea. I think it was a bunch of us sitting in a room and said, what if we just tried long form content and yeah. could we work with a platform that has an inbuilt audience? And I think sure. that was the one realization was we can't spend a lot of time building that audience and have this be hosted on our own side. And sure. I think that's where we wanted to partner with someone. We wanted beautiful content. What Tastemate does really well is um, they truly tell stories through the voices and the people that they have. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of them are not actors, they're real people. Mm-hmm. So everybody that you see in each of the episodes were real people. Mm-hmm. Um, we brought the community aspect to it. Many of them were um, small scale entrepreneurs. Yeah. So <clears throat> they really helped us tell a story that was very close to who we are as Capital One even though the brand wasn't in your space as well too. And you know we've never done this before, and I think um, there's something around doing something that's first better and different. This was the first linear series that Tastemade has partnered with the bank as well too. Mm. So I think there was an element of like, let's just go and test this. Yeah. And as I mentioned before, you know that's instilled in our culture. We test and learn our way into that. So yeah. I think that's what has prompted us there too. And we felt like long form content and streaming something would be a great way to bring our influencers that we brought in. You know, we mm-hmm. had um, a celebrity chef as part of that. You know, we had um, an A-lister, uh, a movie actress as part of that too. Brian Kelly was featured in one of the episodes too. But the storytellers were chosen by Tastemate because these are people mm-hmm. that they have nurtured their relationship as well too. So sure. it was just a beautiful coming together of hey, here's a story that we want to tell. We know there's a trend. Here's an insight. And then we really leaned in heavily on the creatives at Tastemate and really let them bring that story to life. That's great. You mentioned testing and learning. What did you ultimately learn from this? And how yeah. are you measuring this? Yeah, so, you know, measurement is key um, to to everything that we do. So a couple of learnings I want to share. Um, you know, we called this a purpose project. We, we were playing with the name for a number of um, uh, months as well, too. I think one thing, if you remember, this was not a campaign. This was almost a nine-month program that we put in place. So um, I, I want to clear that out because I feel like a campaign is very Mm short-lived. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And our hope with this was to really just learn from programming and see if this was something that we can actually invest behind um, in the future as well. So um, one of our key learnings was that purpose uh, resonated when the creative aligns with the audience expectations for platforms. So we created... um, uh, the the look and the feel and the storytelling was what the audience and Tastemade was used to. We didn't sure. want to provide them with something that sure. was very different. So it's their editorial voice. It's their editorial yeah. voice. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, having open conversations around, there was a lot of um, goo, as you call it, behind the scenes, right? You mm-hmm. see beautiful content, but imagine there are like six or seven creative people sitting in a room. So we wanted to make sure the process around the storytelling had all the diverse voices, whether it came from experience, from um, gender diversification. We just wanted to make sure we heard all the voices Mm -hmm. and that's reflected in the end piece as well so Mm -hmm. that worked really well Mm -hmm. Um, what we realized was you know we promoted um, the long-form content through our social channels Mm -hmm. um, and Tastemate did that and we quickly realized that was not working you can't put a teaser on Facebook um, and somebody might click and go and say you know what I'm I'm curious let me go look but what if they were in the middle of a train ride going back from home so I think that was a quick realization for us was like are there other means to actually tease this Mm. with our audience and I think we continue to work on that but that was a huge learning Mm. Um, and you talked about test and learn Mm -hmm. we actually did an A-B testing in the middle of programming when this was being featured Mm. to shift that and we actually put some of the long-form content on YouTube which okay. performed really well. So just okay. the openness for even taste made to say, you know what? It doesn't all have to live behind our for, fire, firewall. Let's use YouTube because that's where long-form content tends to live. Um, and that was pretty successful as well. Okay. Um, I think the, long, the, the last thing was is 
we know that long form content works. It's just being very thoughtful about who do you partner with, what the goals are, and and again, what is the story around that? For travel, for food, um, there's definitely a deep engagement there, and we saw that with some of the KPIs too. That's so interesting, and I think to your point about testing and learning and reconfiguring, I think that's what everybody's kind of doing in this space right now, and that's why we're all here at at Brand Storytelling and we're learning these case studies. For someone who's maybe a little earlier on in, mm-hmm. in testing and learning with long-form content sure. like this, what advice like do you have? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think um, the advice, a couple of things. I think first, keep an open mindset um, and don't let where you sit in the organization dictate. If you have a great idea, find a way to channel that and find the right people. Um, I think, um, you know, be aware of what's happening in the industry. The trends are changing on a daily basis. We just heard yesterday about AR and VR and sort of the, you know, how 5G is going to change the way you actually consume content as well. So being very thoughtful about what's happening um, and, and, you know, I think push yourself to, to take some risks. Um, if you're not going to take risks, most of the brands that are doing this really well are risk takers. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be a loss in me if I don't mention Burger King. It's, it's amazing how they pick up every little cultural moment mm-hmm. and turn that around. And I think the, the last one, the, the most important is always be very mindful of what your customer is looking for. Sure. Don't create content and then think about a distribution strategy. Really keep that insight in mind. That's great insight. So I think we'll end there. Thanks so much for joining us Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. To see Capital One's original series in partnership with Tastemade, The Purpose Project, visit facebook.com backslash purpose project series, or you can also view it through the Tastemade Smart TV app. Join us next time when I'll be chatting with Tracy Graziani, the Director of Marketing Strategy for Justice Retail, about the robust content program and how they utilize a lot of it in-store. Until then, be well, have fun, and tell some amazing stories.